to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Jamie Smith. Jamie is an avid real estate investor with over 13 years of experience investing in mobile home parks, single-family residential, and self-storage units. She is a co-manager of multiple investment funds, which specialize in investing in mobile home parks and self-storage assets. And we actually had her husband, Ryan Smith, on a previous episode, so if you haven't heard that episode yet... He's on episode 107, and he has a really great backstory as well. So I encourage you guys to check that out too. But we're so excited to talk to you today, Jamie, and learn about you and how you got started in real estate. Oh, and thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to visiting with you today. Thank you so much. And like I was mentioning earlier, you know, on the last conversation with Ryan, he just raved about how wonderful you are. And it's just great to see two very successful people as husband and wife couple, you know, like really doing really well in the business and having so much connection with each other and just so much love. It's just really inspiring seeing what you guys have achieved so far. Thank you. Ryan is a great teammate and he's easy to love. So (laughs) on a personal level, we do have a ton of fun and really professionally we do as well. So we've always found that as a neat thing that we do have a lot of similar interests. Some people, they tease us. They say, well, gosh, I could never work with my spouse, but I can't imagine it any other way. I don't know anybody that's a smarter, works harder, or is more incredible. So I always feel delighted to be on his team, both at home and in the workplace. That's so great. And the same thing like with me and my husband, you know, we see you guys as being so successful and having that great communication with each other. So we really look up to you too. And just hopefully one day we can get to that level that you guys are at. Oh, that is very kind. (laughs) I think, and probably just like you and your husband do already, We've just found it's one foot in front of the other. And just like you're saying with the communication and you each have, I'm sure, different strengths and they're complementary. I don't know if there's things that you like to read or your listeners might like to read, but one book that was recommended to Ryan and I some time ago is called The Power of Two. And it really talks about the value of both. More or less, if if both of us were the same, then one of us wouldn't need to be here. But differences are often what kind of pulls people in opposite directions. But just thinking about the complementary nature of it has been something that I think has really helped us kind of leverage our differences, if you will, and build together. So I don't know if that's helpful, but that's something we talk about and think about sometimes. Oh, no, I think that I totally resonate with that. And I couldn't agree more, you know, like you guys have the complementary skill sets. And then so you guys work really well as a team. And then you guys are able to propel you guys even further because you guys have are able to help in each other's weaknesses and build on each other's strengths. So Jamie, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and your background and how you got started in real estate. Sure. I'll keep it concise, but I'll go all the way back just to give the fullness of the background. When I was a child, my parents would uh, build houses basically from scratch by themselves And then we build them as a family and sell them. So when I say build them as a family, my mom could wire an entire house electrically. My dad would hang the drywall, do the painting, lay the tile. So at a very early age, I was probably five, six, seven, run, you know, mixing the mud to lay the tile, running a wet saw, running tile back and forth for my dad to lay it. Some of my earliest and favorite memories 
besides being at the baseball field where I met Ryan when I was five, my other favorite memories are just being on the job site with my family. We did a lot of it ourselves. And every time we would build a house, we'd live in it for a little bit. And then we would take the profits and it would allow us to move forward into maybe a nicer neighborhood. So as a child, we did single family residential and we'd build them and sell them. And then my parents did not continue on together. But as after a couple of years, when I was in maybe 10 years later, I was in college, I always was attracted to real estate. I always remembered what it had added to our family while I was just 17 at the time. You know, I didn't have any credit, didn't have any capital to speak of. I went into property management offsite of the university that I was at and became a residential advisor there and very quickly learned that the owner of that property was benefiting significantly. So while I was happy to do RA function, as well as help with property management, you know, collecting rents, helping show units, take maintenance requests, I thought, wow, I could do this if I could ever buy a property. So my very first acquisition was when I attended UCF in Orlando. And my goal was to get through college with no student loans, no student debt. So I had been able to do that with scholarships and, and working a couple of jobs. But then it occurred to me one day that there were student loans that were available and people were using them for all kinds of things. Some were using them for school like they should. Some were going on spring break. Some were buying cars, all that. And I thought, you know, these student loans can be used for student housing. And I'm a student and I'd like to buy some housing. (laughs) So I took out my first and only student loan and I purchased my very first piece of real estate. And I became essentially an investor that day. I had tenants from then on out. And although I don't do single family anymore, I've always kept that property and Ryan and I keep it even now and it's rented out. (laughs) So that was kind of my start in real estate. Wow. So that's incredible that you're able to, you know, see an opportunity there and utilize that, you know, to be able to help yourself as a student to be able to get that first property under your belt. It was really exciting. And I remembered thinking, you know, I'm paying less to own with my tenants, like less out of pocket than I was to essentially be a renter. And it just kind of blew my mind. Obviously, it was a hurdle to get going, but have never looked back and always been grateful for that initial property and that initial opportunity. And so from that initial property, you know, what did you do from there? It's a good question. I continued in single family residential originally. So it would build up the properties. And at the time, the properties were going up in value. So I was able to do cash out refinances as that occurred and then purchased additional single family property. And so before Ryan and I were married, I was in residential real estate and so was he. And so when we got married, we decided, well, we're just going to continue this endeavor. I think at the time we thought our goal is $10,000 a month of net income from single family real estate. We'll build it up over time. And so I think we got to like 20 or 30 single family homes and we both thought, okay, well, this is good. And it's a very nice long-term strategy, very good retirement strategy. We just found it to not be scalable. That's where we decided, okay, we're going to transition from single family residential real estate into commercial. And then at that time, you know, the landscape was wide open in terms of we knew we wanted to be in multi unit property. And so to decide which asset class in particular, we were just very mathematical about it. And Brian might have mentioned, in his interview, he had uh, built a software company early on and did cash flow analysis. So we took his uh, IntelliPoint Pro, which is his cash flow analysis tool, and we literally just ran the numbers between storage facilities, mobile home parks, apartments, strip centers, elderly care facilities, you name it. 
and what came back with the best cash on cash return and was the most attractive to us initially was the mobile home community space. So that's where we really leaped into that. And we found it to be very scalable. And we still are in the mobile home park business today. Oh, thank you for sharing. So as you're building up back to your single family property, you build up to 20, 30 single family homes in your portfolio. With your property management background, were you managing it on your own or did you have a property manager help you out with that? That is a good question. And I, at the time, even though I had a property management background, knowing that we wanted to grow and scale the business, I didn't think it was my highest and best use to be essentially an on-site property management for single families. While it can certainly be done, we just didn't think that that was going to allow us to scale our business more rapidly. We actually thought it would cause us to be slower. So we utilized, after the first couple of single family properties, we have used professional property management on our single families. And even though we've sold off a number of those, the ones that we still retain all have professional property management in the markets that they're in because they're not all in the same states. As you transitioned over into the self-storage and multifamily, you know, what have you found to be the most challenging as you were growing your portfolio and to where you are today? The most challenging, I think, running the business and growing the business. There's a unique intersection there that I think takes a very specific focus on day-to-day and 30,000-foot view. Because in my opinion, easy to do one or the other, but to do both of them simultaneously takes a different type of focus and team effort. So that's something I think is presents unique challenge, but also incredible opportunity. Because even as I say that out loud, I think because we've figured that out, it's allowed for a lot of scalability and growth. So I, I think that's been a unique challenge, but also then converted into a unique opportunity. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. That makes sense. And you know, right now, you're also focusing a lot on the investor relations side of things as well. And so to you, as you're operating the business, what are some of the things that are most important to you when building up the relationships with the investors? With our investors, and I think most of our investors would probably say this if they were sitting here today, and I guess I can say that with such confidence because they communicate with us and they just tell us that one of the most important things that they experience with us and that they value the most from the investor relations side is just the communications. We're very straightforward. We're very transparent. And we're also very consistent in our communications. So the investors become accustomed to when they're going to hear from us, timing-wise. And then another thing that I think we value very, very much is responsiveness and timing. So if someone reaches out to us We have set timelines in which we will make sure that they get a response or at least some level of response if the matter can't be fully answered on the first round. What we call it internally with our team 
someone would intuitively know if we aim to provide our investors a red carpet, white glove experience. So, and that's just really the way we've always done it. We found ways to do it better over time, but that's really the standard. It is a gold standard in terms of how the experience that we want our investors to have. And while we may not be able to control external events like a black swan event, such as COVID, even in that, we want to create an environment where our investors can rely on us and we're going to communicate with them and let them know exactly where we're at. And I think they value that. And I think it creates a lot of trust as well, just the reliability of the communication process. Yeah, I think that's wonderful that you have been able to, you know, build that really strong foundation and trust with the investors, having that openness with them that they're able to just come to you guys and knowing that you guys are serving them and making sure that their best interests are at heart. And so, Jamie, what is one of the most important things that you do every day? I think probably one of the most important things that I do every day is just really keeping the main thing the main thing. And I know that's kind of just a simple statement that if you're running a business or your listeners are running a full-time real estate business or they're in a full-time career building a real estate investment business, which many are doing as well, and we've all been there also, is just keeping it simple because it's so easy to have emails, voicemails, ideas, people that want to meet with you, and you can get pulled in so many different directions, which is, it's not necessarily bad. So I would never advise someone to eliminate all of that because it is and versus or, but also being able to very carefully make sure that when you're doing those things and how you're organizing your day, your focus is really always on what the main thing is. And in our case, the main thing is providing a solid investment with a solid return to our investors and giving them an excellent customer service experience while we do it. And at the same time, serving our customer base well. So whether that's our tenants in the mobile home park community or in the storage, you know, in the storage facilities. So in the end, our business is actually quite simple. It doesn't make it easy, <laughs> but just trying to remind ourselves the, the simplicity and the main goals of what we're doing and allowing these other periphery items that will come into our day be additive to that main goal, not taking away from it. Oh, no, I think that's wonderful advice because like you said, you know, especially in real estate and with your daily life and everything that's going on, it could be overwhelming and you can get easily distracted. And if you're not focused on what's the main goal, then it's easy to focus your attention on something that might not help get you there and can help easily get stray you off the path that you want to go down. Oh yeah, definitely. So Jamie, what's next for you guys? I would probably put us in the freight train category. We love what we do. We love who we work with and we love who we do it for. So I think for us, our train is on the tracks and I anticipate that it's going to continue on these tracks steadily for some time. Borrowing some to completely unforeseen reason that would adjust that, I certainly expect us to, in 30 years from now, I can see us doing exactly what we're doing. Hopefully better because we should be making it better every day. But I would anticipate we'll be doing something quite similar even 30 years from now. So Jamie, how has real estate investing impacted your life? I think it's impacted my life in many ways, just as someone that's engaged in community and life and understanding how the world works together. Because being a real estate investor, you know, I don't just go into an office and work with the few folks around me. Not that there's anything wrong with that environment necessarily, 
But for us, it's allowed us to fully engage with our communities, understand local economics, which then also gives us an opportunity to serve local communities. And there's some different things that Ryan and I have done in terms of just seeing needs and filling needs in local markets. So we've loved that opportunity to not only build the business in a meaningful way, but also serve those within that community as well. And then additionally, I love real estate because it affects everybody's life. So whether it's where they work, whether it's where they live, whether it's where their children play sports, people are taking action on top of real estate. So you always have a way to connect with folks. And generally when you're doing things, it it is actually informing you about the business that you're in one way or another. And then lastly, just as a parent, I'm a mom of four. So I have four children. They're eight, six, four, and two, two boys and two girls. And I love how just driving down the road, I can teach the kids different things about real estate, about business, just teaching them how to talk to people and how to build within their community. And so I love the conversations that it opens up, particularly for the older two, because they can kind of engage a little more. But I love how it opens up their mind and in a way just breeds confidence in them. You know, you could point out a building or a house and ask them what they think about that or what ideas they have or how mommy and daddy might do something with that. And you can just see the smile go across their face and also their wheels turn. So I guess I enjoy real estate in many different ways. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Like me and my husband as well, we have two young children. And so to be able to incorporate that into your daily lives and just have those conversations with them and get the wheels turning at such a young age, I think it's really important. And a lot of them don't get that experience if they're not invested in real estate or know that these are different vehicles. And so to be part of that and to have those conversations early on and then having that plus trying to make an impact in the community and sharing that with your children as well. I think that that's wonderful and and really impactful. We certainly enjoy it. And it fills your heart to see them take in all the different things that we're doing and also how that seed of confidence is planted in them that they can see themselves doing something like that someday. And maybe they will, or maybe they won't, but it just builds their confidence in terms of it's something they could do. Yeah. The the sky's the limit. And so Jamie, what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, that's a good one. I think the number one thing that I wished I understood then that I very much understand now is that deal size should not be concerning. So whereas I started out in the earlier days and and Ryan and I bootstrapped it into the commercial real estate space. So we're using all of our own capital originally. And so you're just learning as you go. I would say that I would have scaled the business sooner into probably larger properties or not been so concerned about a lower cap rate in a more premium market or things like that. And I would have probably just made that transition into higher quality assets earlier. And what is one thing that sets successful people apart in the real estate investing business? There's probably a number of things, but I think something that really sets people apart in the real estate space is is just consistency. You know, some people get excited about this space or that space, or they want to jump in, they want to sell that property, turn a profit. But real estate is over the long term, if you've got a high quality asset that's well located and well run, you're looking at property that you would want to hold probably for decades. So I think a good long term real estate investor is something that they should want to have as a part of their portfolio or if they're a passive investor should want to pursue or seek out in their sponsors or syndicators 
is folks that would be willing to hold assets long-term and run them properly. Because if you go through that cycle and even something that we do, where investors invest and we seek to drive value, but instead of returning their equity and their profits to them through sales, we seek to do it through cash out refinances. So you're essentially returning the capital, but you're retaining the asset. So that's something that I think is extremely attractive. If, of course, if you've purchased the quality property in solid markets and you're running it well, I think that long-term consistency is something that certainly sets good operators apart. Thank you so much, Jamie. And thank you so much for being on our show today. It's a real pleasure to meet you. And I understand why Ryan was talking such great things about you. You're a power woman, Jamie. (laughs) I am thrilled to be here. That's very kind of you. Thank you. And so, Jamie, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and what you do, where can they go? They are more than welcome to come to our website. That's probably the easiest way to find me. If they go to elevationfund.com, they'll be able to locate me on there very easily. Jamie Smith and can send me an email or call our office. And I would be happy to visit with anyone or any of your listeners anytime if they'd like to reach out. Thank you so much, Jamie. I really appreciate that. And again, I'm so grateful to have you on the episode today. Thank you, Eileen. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.